Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Do you love food and feminism? Then you will love decorating your home and filling your wardrobe with merch from Overseasoned. This colorful culinary brand features clever and bold artwork with cheeky slogans like shuck the patriarchy and cabernet and equal pay. Shop t-shirts, aprons, kitchen towels, baby clothes, and more with these fun and empowering designs. Top sellers include Smashing My Food and the Patriarchy Baby Bib, Root for Women, Cozy Crew Neck, and the Culinary Goddess Apron. And if you're particularly fired up about the Supreme Court decision, and who isn't, the Ice Cream for Reproductive Justice design is going to be just what you want to rock on a t-shirt or tote bag. These pieces have become cult favorites in the food world, with star TV chefs, home cooks, bakers, and foodies alike swearing by overseason merchandise. Nearly every product in the shop supports a nonprofit that's dedicated to bettering the lives of women, particularly those in marginalized communities. Not to mention that these pieces are highly functional as well as incredibly soft. And since Overseasoned outfits infants to adults, it makes a great gift for anyone in your life and adds conversation-starting flair to any ensemble. Go to overseason.com shop and use code FEMINIST to get 10% off of your order with Overseasoned. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Renee Powers here. And today I am so excited to be talking about Rest is Resistance, a manifesto by Trisha Hersey with my brilliant co-workers, <laughs> Ra Hernandez Yay. and Sally Mercedes. This book, we will get into this, but I have a lot of feelings about this book and I want to make sure that we are kind of grounding this conversation in identity as well, because so much of Trisha Hersey's work is identity forward. I just want to share it. I was really uncomfortable actually when we were talking about talking about this book. <laughs> um, I didn't want to lead the conversation as a white woman. It felt presumptuous. It felt kind of centering myself, but Sally nudged me. Thank you, Sally. Um, and said, I'm actually very interested in hearing you as a white woman moderate this discussion. And so we came to the conclusion <laughs> that if I'm trying here in this conversation to decenter whiteness, it's important for me to just moderate and not necessarily participate, though I have a lot of thoughts, but we'll get into that. So again, I'm Renee. I am a white woman in the Midwest. I am a millennial recovering overachiever. I'm a business owner. I use she, her pronouns and cisgender I think that's, I think that covers it. I'm going to throw it to Sally. This, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, pre ever, I appreciate the validation. <laughs> ever since that came up, I was like, how are we going to get into this? I don't know, but I'm excited for Renee to mention it. <laughs> um, I'm Sally. 
My pronouns are also she, her. I am a queer Dominican New Yorker living in Tulsa, Oklahoma of all places. What other things can I say about myself? I'm an immigrant. I am also a recovering workaholic. Actually, I don't know why I said also. I'm not sure that you use that, those words, but I identify as a recovering workaholic. I am also a business owner and living in capitalism while hating capitalism is like where I live most of the time. <laughs> so that's me in a nutshell. Ra, over to you. Well, I'm Ra Hernandez. I use they, them pronouns. My mother is Mexican. My father is Puerto Rican. I'm a Latina queer in Minneapolis living and also recovering workaholic from the service industry. I love grinding. <laughs> I love side hustles and it's so hard for me to stop, but sh shit, I'm tired. And I think that's where we start. We mm -hmm. start with this conversation that Trisha Hersey, you may know her as the Nap Bishop or the Nap Ministry on Instagram. I'm certain I have shared some of her Instagram posts to our Instagram because everything this woman writes just is like a knife to my heart. So the NAP ministry and rest is resistance at its core is about disrupting capitalism through rest. How did that resonate with both of you? First of all, I was like a third of the way through this book and I texted my sister, who's my business partner, and I said, we are buying copies of this book for every one of our clients and on our team. <laughs> because so much of like our approach to business is like person first and doing what we can to really like view ourselves as people and as humans connecting with other humans rather than as like business entities connecting with clients. And so I've been following uh, her work for a long time because it just kind of aligns with who I am and what I believe. Um, but just like reading the book really grounded it in just in a much deeper way. I think it's easy for me at least to like get, up, get caught up in like none of this is ever gonna amount to anything. Like none of the things that I believe in are ever gonna happen in my lifetime. And so like, so what? And I used to be okay with that. I used to be like, well, it's okay. Like it's gonna lead us to something. But especially in the last couple of years, it's been very like, oh, <laughs> So like my life means nothing because <laughs> like <laughs> these dreams and ideals that I have, like I just don't see how we're going to get to them. Um, and so her like consistently repeating like, yeah, this is impossible. And like part of this work is believing in the impossible. It really just shifted a lot for me. It really landed for me. It really made me like honor the work that we do in our business um, and the people that we support and how we choose to support them because they are also disrupting their industries in a lot of ways. But I have a lot of thoughts, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> I cried at least once <laughs> while reading this book. I don't remember how many times, I just remember the first time. <laughs> um, and then it was just a constant stream of tears. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's some of my, I don't even know if I answered the question, but that's where that's where I'm at. <laughs> Ra, you wanna take a stab? I also cried a lot. And it's, it's hard to kind of point out like why, mainly being told like you're not a machine is confusing. It's just the opposite of everything that you've ever been told, you know? Uh, I became familiar with Rest is Resistance, or at least that saying about a year ago uh, when I was working with Feminist Book Club. And it didn't really solidify what Rest is Resistance means until I read this. I mean, it felt really preachy, but in the right way. <laughs> and it was all the words I needed to hear to try to push myself out of a comfort zone that lives within capitalism. I grew up 
equating productivity with um, worthiness. And I was only worthy if I was productive. I was only good if I was contributing something and, and creating something or, or working. <laughs> uh, I've always had a job since I was 14 years old, at least one mostly more than one. When I started Feminist Book Club, one of the things I wanted to build into it is the is is a new way to do capitalism, a new way to do business, a way that honors the human. Sally, like you were saying, it honors the person first and the money part of it second. And Ra and I work side by side every single day. And I know I don't model that. And this book was a light bulb moment for me because uh, yeah, I've said to you, Ra, rest is resistance or why don't you take the rest of the afternoon off or <laughs> you try um, to kick me out so many times I do like, I regularly no, try I to make you leave. leave or even you know one thing I say to my partner a lot too is we are human beings not human doings and these are all trite sayings and yet they mean something and this book makes those matter and what I appreciate about it is it goes a step further. So I'd love to talk a little bit about where she gets her inspiration because every section of this book, this book is broken into four sections. The first is rest, dream, resist, and imagine. And at the beginning of each section, she shares what it's, uh, what her inspiration is, what it's been influenced by, who kind of the forebears of this information is. And a couple that really sat with me and we've already talked about it briefly is, you know, this kind of work requires imagination. And she didn't really land on that until she started to read Octavia Butler and Afrofuturism. And I know we are all big fans <laughs> of Afrofuturist literature in particular. What struck you both as, um, I mean, that's what really stuck out to me in terms of her inspiration. I'd love to know what you both enjoyed and in, in seeing inspired her i mean i i loved the fact that imagine was inspired by afrofuturism um and i want to say that just because i'm connecting this to another book already um but just because uh octavia's brew that was edited by adrian marie brown she talks about how all like organizing and all like resistance is science fiction. It just makes me think the future that Trisha Hersey's dreaming of. That's all science fiction at this moment. So I really appreciated seeing those inspirations. And I think that was the only one that really hit me. And I was like, yeah, I like that. That's great. That's kind of quirky. <laughs> I love that it's at least in part just like the legacy of her ancestors. You know, she talks about like her grandmother and like saying that she's just resting her eyes and listening. That really moved me. I I think that like a lot of my life's work has been reclaiming life as sacred and reclaiming pleasure as sacred. And so I, I so that's part of why her work has always resonated with me. Like it's very much aligned with that. But part of what why how I came to that work is like that was never modeled to me. Like I never saw that anywhere. We're immigrants. So it's like the the thing, the driving force is like, well, we didn't come to this country for nothing. So like you better get good grades. I wasn't allowed to have a job because like anything that would take me away from like exceeding academically and professionally was seen as like bad. My father owned his own business. He never took days off. <laughs> like it just like wasn't a thing that like was modeled to me, like pleasure, rest, like nothing like that. It wasn't until a few years ago 
I have done a lot of like spiritual and personal growth work. So I've worked with a lot of coaches and a lot of programs. And one of my coaches at that time was like, you know, she helped me uncover like this real fear, like in my body of like slavery and like the remnants of that. And like rest being seen as like, oh, you will die. Like there's you like my body remembers that. <laughs> That's the thing that like lives in me is like, oh, if you try to rest, like you might be killed. And I've done a lot of work to like, you know, deprogram that and heal from that and all of that. Uh, but it just really struck me like, wow, I wonder what it might have been like to see a single human in my, in my family <laughs> or in like friends or whatever, um, who was modeling like pleasure and rest and just like connection to yourself in any way. Like, I can't even imagine what my life would have been like if I had if I had had that, you know, and I say all of that and she does say in the book, I think like no, nobody really like this just like came, this is just her. Um, and at the same time, like there are like remnants of that in her, in her lineage. And I think that that's astounding and really important and beautiful. She even speaks to some of those same feelings, but comes to a different conclusion, Sally, about, you know, remembering the trauma of her enslaved ancestors. And for her, she came to a very different conclusion. That's why she rests because they couldn't rest their bodies. How did that sit with you? Oh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh dear, I wish that I, I had, I wish that this book had existed the three or four years, whenever this was happening in my life. Yeah, cause I, I mean, it, it was a similar, like when I was working with my coach, she and I came to a similar-ish conclusion. But shortly after that, like I led a, retreat for women of color and it was all about like pleasure and rest and like healing through that so I mean I, I got there <laughs> but like I hadn't gotten there up to that point like I wasn't <laughs> Trisha Hersey's level where you know she has this like innate like oh no like I am resting because like they didn't so like I I was like damn it I wish I'd read this before but it's fine everything you know we're all on our own journeys published four years too late no big deal <laughs> but you know what? It came to you when it was supposed to. Now it's what do you do with that information? I love how she approaches rest as, <laughs> this sounds so dumb, how she approaches rest as resistance. That's literally the title of the book. But how is it resistance? Why is rest important? What did you take from this argument that really stuck out to you both? Yeah, we're just all so goddamn tired. Everyone needs a nap. I just keep on coming back to this one quote that she has in the book, though. Um, We're not resting to do more and come back stronger and more productive for a capitalist system. Rest is not a luxury or a privilege. So with the rest is resistance mantra, so to say, it just feels like, yes, you're resting, but you're not resting just to go back. Mm -hmm. You're resting for yourself. This is for yourself, not for everybody else feel like I'm in school and I had to answer a question I'm correctly. So <laughs> there are no right answers though. Like that's the, that's the beauty of this. And you're touching on something that I pulled out as well as this, like, it's not a privileged thing to rest. We can all find, and we desperately need to all find rest in the moments that we can handle them. And when we can take them and do it unabashedly and put up all of those boundaries that are required of you um, in order to have a little rest. Sally, what does rest as resistance mean to you? 
it really means like an invitation to remember that you are divine. The thing that I kept that kept sticking out every time that she said it was like your body is a site for liberation. As somebody who has spent the last couple of years very disconnected from her body. <laughs> um, I mean, I've just been in survival mode. Let's be perfectly honest. It just it was like, wow, yeah, that's mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Right. And, and this is not the mainstream and this is not what we're taught to do. And this is not what comes like, well, it comes naturally to us, <laughs> but it's like taken out of us violently. And so, yeah, like, let's counter that. Let's, let's intentionally rest whatever that looks like for however long we possibly can, as often as we can. And even just that as an invitation, I mean, that's going to change my life. You reminded me of a quote that I wrote down, which is capitalism is new, but our bodies are ancient. Oh, I loved that. I triple underlined poetry. that. And she came, well, she's a poet. Yeah, that, <laughs> this whole book read like poetry at points. Very true. <laughs> I just feel like I need that tattooed on my forehead. So I see it every morning, you know, like it is capitalism is new. Our bodies are ancient. Our bodies know how to rest this capitalist system. Sally, you use the word violent, is a violent system. She uses, she describes capitalism as a violent system as well, because it requires us to lose the self in order to be manipulated by systems of oppression, like capitalism, like white supremacy, like ableism, like heteropatriarchy. These are violent systems that if we do not rest, we are complicit in them. And resting, that's what it means to me, is resting is resisting all of those systems, those systems of oppression so that I can show up in a world and try to make it better and try to imagine a better future. She also has this quote. I mean, my notes are basically just quotes that I pulled out that I just like need to reread every day. Um, she also said, how would our justice work look different if all involved were not sleep deprived? Yeah, oh, it would look so good. Anytime that she talked about like all of these goals that we have, um, so like abolition, I don't know that she points to that exact example, but that's the thing I kept thinking about. Um, like all these goals that we have for society and like how can we ever get there if we're not well rested? And every time that she brought up an example where she mentioned something like that, I was like, fucking shit. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> um, yeah, that is it. That's some good stuff. I'd like to invite you to join the National Women's Studies Association this November 10th through the 13th at the Hilton Minneapolis for the annual conference. The 2022 NWSA conference theme, Killing Rage, Resistance on the Other Side of Freedom, seeks to open up conversations about freedom and justice, salvation and sacrifice, convenience and controversy, and whose life and vote matters. At our conference, you can connect with other activists, feminists, and scholars from across the globe. This year, the keynote speakers are feminist leaders Angela Davis and Anita Hill and many more. Don't know what NWSA is? The NWSA is the world's largest group of feminists, activists, and scholars dedicated to advancing women and women's studies across the globe. So are you a feminist? Join NWSA at nwsa.org to become a member and to see more details on this year's conference. Again, that's nwsa.org or follow them on Twitter at NWSA or on Instagram at NWSA underscore IG. We hope to see you this November here in Minneapolis. Good stuff. Give me another. Well, I immediately restarted the book as soon as I finished it. This is one that I think I'm just going to be reading in perpetuity for the rest of my life. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to get a physical copy so I can underline things and sticky note things and write all my questions. And plus this book just had just so many good questions that you can ask yourself like day in, day out. Like I just found myself bookmarking all of them saying like, Ooh, we're going to use this as journal prompts later to really dig in deep to like how I was personally indoctrined into this system, you know? And how to resist this kind of doubling down on capitalism that we're seeing. We're seeing the great resignation, but the flip side of that is I'm seeing articles that are like people are taking multiple full-time jobs because they can do it from home and they can kind of juggle both at once. And it's like, man, take a breath. We are not meant to sit at a computer for 12 hours a day. And yet so many of us do it and it's become so normalized. That's a thing that I've been thinking a lot about. I mean, I was already thinking about it, but also because next year, this coming year, so my sister and I, we just had like our annual planning meeting for the next year. We are taking the most time off this next year than we ever have in the like seven, five, six, seven years that we've been in business. And it's like, we like, it is in the calendar. We tell all of our clients. (laughs) And so while we were putting that together, which happened like right around the time that I started the book, I think. Um, I was just like, oh my God, I was freaking out. (laughs) I was like, what are they going to say? Like, I mean, eventually we were both like, I mean, it doesn't really matter what they have to say, but also they all love us. They love all, they love us. So it's like, they want us to rest. (laughs) Um, we want them to rest. One of our clients, we force her to take time off. We like put it in her calendar as you have this day off. (laughs) So like, it was really like, but that is, I mean, I'm able to do that because we decide what happens in our business. We decide who we work with and how we work with them. Um, if I had like a full t- like a regular full-time job, I just can't even imagine what my life would look like. And I I do get sad and I do get like disheartened, but I, I don't have an, any answers to any of those questions that I've been asking myself, but I'm glad that in any way that we can do it and encourage other people to do it, to rest, to take time off, to not have five jobs. I want the best for us. <laughs> Sally, what are you going to, how are you going to fill up your cup during that time off? What are you, I want to say, what are you going to do? But doing is not the point here. It's being like, what fills your cup up? How, how do you like to rest? Um, by talking to no one and doing nothing. Bless you. (laughs) I cannot wait. People keep asking me, what am I going to do with my two weeks off for the holidays? Uh, Not talk to a single human. I hope. (laughs) (laughs) This is my same though. I just don't understand one thing like this whole like people working two jobs situation like two full-time jobs I don't understand how that happens Ross like like, I want to figure it out so I can double dip somewhere (laughs) no I don't want to double dip anymore okay like okay before the pandemic before the pandemic I was working like five jobs I was doing like 21 shifts in a row work hard play hard and then like the pandemic happened I was forced to slow down I was told to sleep and I did. I took unemployment for as long as I could. I I really stayed on unemployment for a very long time. Renee, no offense, but if I could go back to that, I probably would. None taken. But None I taken. don't want to because well, that's dealing with the government was a mess. That was too much. And I like my job. So and maybe after reading this, now we can take naps during work. We have a couch. I know. Lucy and I bought that couch. It was called the nap couch. Um, I know. <laughs> no, but as a business owner too, Sally, and it's one of the things that I'm thinking of, like how 
I, I, I journaled about this all night after I finished this book is like, how do I model rest? How do I, I say, I want to disrupt capitalism. I say that's like my ultimate goal with this business. And yet that overachiever in me, that doer in me is like, but my emails, <laughs> but like, how many times do I get an out of office message? you know, that bounces back to me. That's like, I am taking, or I intentionally only check emails on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like that's fucking awesome. Why, what is it about me where I can't model that in this business? And I think that's something that was the other thing I, I was about to say. I think it's something we can implement in 2023, but like, why not implement it now? What's stopping close enough. me? What's stopping me? We got two weeks off at the end of the year. Exactly. This could be a whole other like discussion around like how to do this. I mean, I'm sure other people are doing this work. (laughs) Um, I say that as if this is brand. I don't know. I'm sure there are people. (laughs) People nap? What? (laughs) Naps are nice. (laughs) But I, I, yeah, I think like as business owners, it's just, it's an interesting position that we're in, right? Like we're working within capitalism. We understand that this is not the system that we would like, or I'll speak for myself. This is not the system that I would choose, (laughs) but it's the one that we're in. And so I'm going to do my best to like help my people make money without exploiting anyone, without doing any harm, like, you know, as as much as we can. It's, It's an interesting thing to think about. Like, what are the way, like, how can you take more time off? How can that be part of your business structure? How can you like, and take like extended time off. Like what would it look like if you took a month off, Renee? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I would do I'm everything. sure you could. But then we would just switch. We would just switch. Um... <laughs> I feel like there's a way. I feel like there's a way. <laughs> I feel like there's a way too. I feel like there's a way too. But like I get, I get really panicky when I'm thinking about time off, like off of anything. You know, like off of say like your home chores, your like just your life in general, your social circles, your work life. It's so hard to just be like, oh, I'm going to take it off. Like, I feel like I'm not like it, it almost just feels like you're not allowed to. But that's because of how we were socialized and what we were told and how we were like brought up to act. So it's just like it feels strange to say like, yes, I need this time. It's almost easier just not to do it. Mm. And yeah. then you just end up in that brainwash of a cycle. And you're complicit I, in a violent system. And then yeah. you just burn out and die. <laughs> Hopefully not that. <laughs> Hopefully not that. I think that like this is an opportunity to model. Like, you know, it's modeling is lonely. But as a person who like, I don't know, I'm often like the weird one. I'm often the one who like nobody understands. And I've just kind of accepted that as a part of my role in life. But like, I'm the person who like, socializing takes a lot out of me. And so, especially if I'm with another person, like what I'll tell them is like, if I go like sit in a corner, like, please do not bother me. Like, (laughs) don't come to me. Like I'm recharging, I'm resting, like leave me alone. When I visit my best friend, they will communicate, okay, this is what we've got going on. Like whatever, you know, do you want to partake? Do you not want to partake? And I'm like, no, it's cool. I'm going to be in the back room by myself with a book. Like, and I get that that seems rude. And I get that that's weird. I do not care (laughs) Um, because nobody's taking that time away from me and nobody's going to force me to like do a thing that I don't want to do and that isn't going to ultimately benefit my well-being. 
Um, and that's just like in a small way. And it, yeah, and I'll say like, again, like it is lonely. Like people don't often understand me. Like I'm done apologizing or explaining it. So like freaking take that nap on the couch. <laughs> you don't gotta tell anybody. Some people might think it's weird and like, who cares? Just freaking do it. Cause like we need to start doing it in order for it to not be as weird. Like us just con continuing to like do what's the norm or whatever is not serving any of us. Mm -hmm. Would you say like going off in those times is a good way to like say like break trauma cycles that you've maybe been caught up in? I hadn't thought about it that way, but holy shit, as you're saying it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I've heard that and I've, I've thought that in the past too, like, oh, is this just how you break a trauma cycle? Um, that's just living in your bones. Probably. So as we wrap up, I think one of my biggest takeaways from this book is in order to achieve liberation, we have to collectively look after one another and hold those containers of rest for one another in order to be able to make collective change. Rest looks individual, but there's nothing, Sally, like you were saying, it's lonely. The way to make it less lonely is to be there for one another and to provide for one another during those times of rest, whatever that means. If that means just giving somebody space, if that means bringing somebody lunch, if that means telling them to go home early that day from work raw, sometimes that's what is necessary for liberation. I think that's my biggest takeaway. I, well, I want to share just another quote from the end. Rest is medicine to project us into the future. Rest disrupts and makes space for invention. And I'm excited for the future. Oh, I think that everyone should read this book. <laughs> Biggest takeaway, think... <laughs> read this immediately. Got it. Truly. Like, and I know that we talk about books all the time. This is the thing that we do. We want everyone to read all the books. And I think everyone deserves to read this book. I think that this book deserves to be shared. Buddy read it, have a book club discussion about it, like talk about it. Like, I mean, Renee, girl, hit me up if you want to talk about how to fix your rest work life. <laughs> like, let's dream together. Like, let's brainstorm together. Let's figure this out. Like, let's definitely rest. <laughs> and like, let's really, be in this together. Like, yeah, like you said, Renee, like I, you know, that is a point that she makes. Like this is community work. This is community care. So like, let's read this together. Let's read it as often as we can <laughs> and remind each other of it and see what it sparks and see what we can do from here. What we get to create. What we get to create. I love that. And let's I do- rest together. Let's rest together. That. I do, you know, I am a cog of capitalism in that I own a business that needs to make money in order for, you know, Ron and I to pay our bills. So I will say a little plug, our holiday bundles, it would be so restful to me if this sell, sold out because it means I don't have to hustle and sell leftover books. We are doing a radical self-care bundle this holiday season that features this book, but you can choose from this book or Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown already mentioned in today's yeah. podcast. It also features the Journal of Radical Permission by Adrienne Marie Brown and Sonia Renee Taylor. It's and great. A couple, <laughs> a couple of, yeah, Ra's been working through it. And a couple of other goodies that are radical, liberatory, and there to support you in your radical self-care journey. Self-care is not just a face mask and a bath and a glass of wine in the tub. Like that's not 
the kind of self-care that we advocate here at Feminist Book Club. This is the actual hard work that can help you show up in your communities and do activism better. So listeners, all I'll say is you can help me rest by selling out that bundle. (laughs) And if it's live, that will be in the show notes. If it's not live, sit tight, uh, sign up for our email list, follow our social media, and we will get that uh, up for the holiday season. Request it from whoever plays Santa in your life. Other books that are kind of in conversation with us. Ra, you mentioned Octavia's Brood, edited by Adrian Marie Brown. I mentioned Pleasure Activism by Adrian Marie Brown. What are some other books that you think, if you liked this book, you might like Rest is Resistance? Or if you like Rest is Resistance, here's how you go deeper. Or here's the kind of beginning stages. Also, she quotes All About Love by Bell Hooks quite a bit as well. So I think that's an excellent um, companion piece to it. These will all be linked in the show notes. Don't worry. I know we said that she doesn't specifically talk about abolition, but when we were talking about how rest is like a practice, it made me think of like, we do this till we free us, hope is a discipline. Mariam mm-hmm. Kaba, one yeah. of our previous books of the month. Fucking brilliant. Uh, I would mention Laziness Does Not Exist by I think Devin Price, which is about like burnout kind of. I used to say it pairs really well with Burnout by Emily Nagoski and... Don't Amelia remember Thank Amelia. You. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that this is actually a better pairing. You know, I think that burnout is more, it's much more like how you're going to get through your personal whatever journey out of burnout, whereas laziness does not exist and rest is resistance. It's more like acknowledging the structures a bit more and, and also like here are the things that you can do. But I think just like that insight of like, right, that that reminder, that constant reminder that's like, oh, this is not just a me thing. Like, this is how society is set up. (laughs) I think those really pair pair well. Burnout by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski recognizes patriarchy as a system. But again, like you said, it is very much like this is how you go against it. I've learned some very, very good skills from burnout. I will say that. that they were on the podcast. I will link that in the show notes as well to talk about that book. And on that same note of like, if you're just looking for like skills or like something to add to your toolkit to help you manage this crisis while you were kind of on the unlearning route, <laughs> How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell is also a pretty good option. Also, How to Not Always Be Working by Ooh. Marley Grace, I believe is her name. Oh no, I've got more books to read. Oh, dang. Uh, oh, wow. I wrote How to Not Always Be Burning instead of Working. Because it was same, same. burnout, but really it is the exact same <laughs> thing. Yes. Okay. Oh, these will be in the show notes. We will link them all. Look out for the holiday bundle that includes radical self-care. This book, it's brilliant. Go out and get it. Hopefully... We're recording this episode because um, something came up. Trisha Hersey was not able to join Sally for an interview. So the three of us got together since we had already read it and wanted to talk about it anyways and just like shove it in everybody's hands. But hopefully, Sally, you'll be able to host Trisha in the new year. That is the goal. So, and that will be such an honor. Oh my gosh. It would I be so really cool. So. <laughs> <laughs> a, a very sad text when I texted my best friend. Oh! <laughs> To say that no, this is no longer happening. <laughs> they were like, it's okay. <laughs> it's gonna this, happen. It's gonna happen. I hope this is an okay plan B. <laughs> this was great because I wouldn't have really been able to gush quite this much. So now I'm excited because now it's, you know, I could be a little bit more even. 
and not fully a uh, fangirl. <laughs> I Her. feel like some authors do appreciate a good old fashioned fangirl moment, though. <laughs> True. Where can we find you online, Sally, if we want to connect further? I'm at Sally Simply on all the places. Ra. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it. I don't know. I need to change my handle. Um, I'm at the Sarah with three H's on Instagram. But I don't know their, what to change it though. But that's their uh, dead name, so it's just a it's just a bunch of characters that don't necessarily reflect you. It's just where we find it's, you. Uh, at the S A R A H H H. There we go. The the S A is in parentheses. Yeah, the S A is in parentheses. Um, if you have ideas for different handles, let me know. <laughs> I don't know. No, sorry to traumatize you by asking you that tonight. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm Belle Renee on Instagram and also the thumbs behind the Feminist Book Club Instagram account. You can you can always slip into our DMs there. Thank you both so much for gushing about this book with me. What a game changer. And we will rest now. And we will rest. Mm -hmm. And we will rest. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Feminist Book Club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously, subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for Brownie Points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. Well, red woman is a dangerous creature, creature. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.